0: She just watched the Greatest B- Great British Bake Off for two days. For two days, yeah. I, I sorted everything It was an emotional
1: roller coaster. Like, yeah. everybody says that you get really emotionally attached, but it's just like, emotionally wow.
0: attached to what?
1: The show. Oh, like to the contestants. <laughs> I you were talking like...
0: about the emotional roller coaster that was your broken and now unbroken back. Oh, let's... but you were talking about Great British Bake Off.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. It is more important. Well. More important.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like, scale <laughs> of one to on ten, yeah. We do get quite passionate about crumb now. We do. Oh,
1: my gosh. Really... Yeah. You know, what? last night, I just really, I was just by the end of the night, I was like, I need I need something baked. I just, I need a baked item. I just. Also, I've just short, learned like, so many, like,
0: informal British words. <laughs> God, I love them. I love them so much. One of the judges, she's this old lady, and I don't, she can't be I, Mary Berry, yeah, she can't be bothered to use the full word. So she's like, that is absolutely scrummy. 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 What is that? Scrummy. I thought it was a bad thing. And then I saw them all like happy. I was like, oh, scrumptious. It's short for (laughs) scrumptious.
1: scrumptious. (laughs) Absolutely scrummy.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: Welcome to Third Culture Blog a podcast where we talk about the experiences that have led us to art and who we are today. This is Mohammed Ismail, Ahmed Mustafa,
1: and Waisal Jibreel.
2: On today's episode, we'll be discussing the evolution of how we manage mental health in our communities and what that potentially means for people going through these issues today.
0: Ah... The health of the mentals, I mean, of the mind, the mind health. It is the one health that is underserved in every community throughout all of history. You wouldn't just say, hey, just do better when someone loses their arm. But that's kind of the advice when people are trying to accomplish their goals through depression or other mental issues. Oh, you're depressed? Just do it. No.
1: Have you ever tried breathing?
0: Have you tried meditation? No, my leg won't come back from meditation. Have you
1: tried drinking water?
2: Have you tried not being sad? (laughs) Or (laughs) turmeric? Have you tried
1: getting out of bed?
0: But yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think it's a good topic. Um, And I'm glad that we kind of came up with it Um, through the comments of our listeners hey please leave questions and comments on our posts on, like
1: comment subscribe please so
0: that we can have more topics that are great like this we one. actually
2: got a few questions by the way I was
1: gonna ask you I was like did anybody actually like give us some yeah
0: we're gonna it's don't to act like we never get questions oh yes one of our deluge we'll address them at the end of the episode please oh, yo, yo, yo,
2: yo, yo. we had to yes we had to we had to wade through the torrents <laughs> of questions
0: oh truly it's, just a, it's a, an expedition each time but yeah, no, I think uh, I think mental health is a good topic, um, especially since it greatly affects kind of how we do art and how we do things, right? Uh, I think oftentimes, you know, even the simplest things are resolved by just doing them. But the obstacles are far greater when you've got mental blocks or you've got like uh, issues that you're struggling through.
2: I wanted to preface everything that I say in today's episode with the fact that I'm probably in a very privileged position of -hmm. not having suffered from mental health issues. Right. So I won't be talking about what it feels like to be doing so per se. However, I think I will be trying to address how the Muslim perspective has shifted over the generations. Right. Mm -hmm. And... I use Muslim rather than the Islamic perspective because the problem is with the Muslim interpretation of this area rather than the Islamic interpretation because, as we'll probably discuss throughout this episode, Islam has actually been very pro-treatment of such issues and acknowledgement of the fact that there are such things as mental health issues. And unfortunately, for some reason, we seem to have shifted away from that. Everything has become labeled with the same brush of if you're going through mental issues or mental struggles then right you know you're lacking you're lacking in one two three religious right. duties yeah. right? right which is a very simplistic and a very disingenuous approach to the whole thing because that's not what the quran says and it's not what the uh, classical scholars say about the issues personally
0: i'd you know, haven't been diagnosed with anything, but talking about how often in in our circumstances, at least, uh, I would say, like, we have a lot more, a lot of family who suffer from, like, PTSD or suffer from, like, anxiety or suffer from these mental health issues because they were, you know, raised in a time of war, raised in kind of a, a certain environment that... Um, kind of leads to these issues um so that is kind of a core part of our our community i think especially uh, there was a um there's kind of a conversation about you know what the libyan identity was we talked about that way back i think in our episodes but one of those is part of being libyan part of being north african um is having like ptsd it's like part of the identity now in the country just due to all like the war Mm. and the colonization and all that stuff so it definitely affects the way that not only like the way that muslim communities um approach kind of mental health or now versus then versus how they should um there's also kind of like a particular uh, presence and importance of dealing with mental health issues because they're so prevalent in our communities
1: As a person with PTSD, PTSD is not exclusive for war trauma. Right. Um, And I feel like that's something that even in our communities, like, um, and everywhere, just just because someone has not been to war does not mean that they do not suffer from PTSD. It is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's not post-war stress disorder. Right. Um, So any any traumatic experience. It can be, it's labeled or it's defined by you experiencing a life or death situation or, you know, something that absolutely alters your brain and and your body and, and the way your body absorbs it. And it just holds onto it and tries to forget it and blah, blah, blah. And your brain archives it. Like it's, um, it's so, so yeah, it's not exclusively, the war club you know like you can't and and i do see and hear a lot of people who are like well you weren't in on the battlefield so how do you have ptsd you weren't in the line of fire so how do you have ptsd you cannot control and you cannot define someone's ptsd define or even like judge a person's trauma because you are not there in their body you are not their body experiencing a moment that they felt like they were in such danger that it was life or death right and this it's
2: highly subjective yeah highly subjective
1: and we also forget that in our communities in the Arab world sexual harassment sexual assault sex all of that it's a really like hush hush conversation but that, adds on to like women with PTSD already from like um in in their where they're living and all that fun stuff add on top of it the constant sexual harassment they have to endure on a daily basis
0: like there and here, or there and like here,
1: but anywhere. But it's also like like that's something that I feel like is not addressed as much, especially in our communities. And that it's like oh, okay, like. And yeah. I think
0: it, it just right there with like what you were saying, Mohammed. Like it, it's something that's like mental health has kind of developed as a conversation throughout, in like Arab communities. And I think this this is one thing as well that's not necessarily at the front of mind right now, but mm-hmm. is less hush hush maybe than it was in the past.
1: Yeah, there there has like that's something that's been like really interesting um, that, that it's been kind of coming up um, like these. So these 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 are traumatic experiences that people don't for, or forget or just don't or are misinformed or just don't think to connect to PTSD.
0: We saw and I were actually just talking about it in the kitchen this morning where it's like you can do all these good things. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you you make a you pray, you, you give your charity, you do all this stuff. Um, your amen is like, you're doing all of the, the ritualistic good things. And not only that, you're being a good person and you're being gracious and you're being kind, but then you're still suffering from anxiety attacks or you're still feeling ostracized from the community or you're still feeling like,
1: or you just, you just can't find a peace of mind. And it's like one of those things where I was I was we were talking about this earlier and I was and I was kind of like saying like it's not it's not about I wanna succeed in life or I just wanna blah blah blah. It's you do everything right, quote unquote, and then you still can't find a peace of mind. You still like just peace of mind just be able to just be peace of mind with everything that follows and right
0: and and, and, and that's yeah. usually like the, the treatment that's recommended right it's just like if you don't have peace of mind if you're not content if you're if you're having issues then you know you're a man you're not praying enough pray you're more. Not, you're do not you, religious enough or
1: it's even like do you pray right do you this do you like did you make du'a about it like the joke we were making
0: earlier have you been breathing
1: have have you you yeah but it's like a thing like it's like and it's just like or when someone says well like you're not praying enough or if you prayed more if you read if you read quran every single day you'd be fine and then it's like that same person who tells you that like you can see them suffering in their own personal like mental torments and stuff like that i'm just like but but are you fine Right. For, and, and it's because it's a chemical imbalance in the brain it's it's the same as you were saying earlier it's like you cut off an arm you're not going to be like go slowly more and then your arm will be better N- no, you <laughs> right. know it's just go like back. it's because it's, it's, it's not the same it's an organ in your brain in your body which right. is your brain that functions a certain way and and that's part of what goes on with it
2: i do find it really interesting when the first thing that they assume is wrong is that your Iman or your belief is low, which is why you're in the mental state that you're in now. They don't question anything else. Mm -hmm. As human beings, we are incredibly, our minds are complex. And yet, even with all these nuances in our lives, for some reason, in our communities today, if you are suffering from anxiety or depression, oh, wait a minute, did you pray today? Did you do this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Yes, I did, actually. And guess what? I still have anxiety. <laughs> right. And what? And they're like, oh, well, you know what? Pray more. Wait, no, that, <laughs> that doesn't answer the question. That doesn't, you haven't tackled the issue at all. Right. And that speaks to the limitations we have today in tackling such issues rather than the potential cures there are out there. And I think that's what we really need to discuss today, because it's why aren't we opening up to these other solutions? Why are we so stuck in? Well, you know what? If you're doing one, two, three, you should be fine. If not, then just do one more of one, two, three, and you'll be fine.
1: Go back to number one, repeat. Yeah, I know. It's
0: one of those things where it's just like. Yeah, rinse and repeat. Yeah, definition of insanity. Do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, you know? Yeah. Not to like discredit the ability to foster community and belief and hope and all that stuff that you get kind of from fostering, you know, faith and, and and going to, you know, church, synagogue m- is like a uh, mission, whatever. That's not to discredit it, but saying that that's only a part of this whole complexity that that you are. Right. Yeah. And th- that you need to manage and that you need to take care of.
2: 100 percent. I mean, the, we, we, we know as Muslims, there is the material side and there's a metaphysical side, mm. the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. So just as you feed your body, you need to feed the soul and i am 100% for spiritual growth and spiritual awareness and s- spiritual consciousness but at the end of the day that's not the be all and end all right. when someone is going through a mental issue that shouldn't be your only yeah. go to as a therapist or as a as a friend or as a parent or as a brother or a sister you should i think even as a community we should be we should have more people trained within the community mm-hmm. to kind of deal with these issues mm-hmm
1: in
0: the Arab communities when you're trying to like talk about therapy or something it's like well why do you need to talk to a stranger why don't you just like why
1: don't you talk to family or why don't you just go to a law and just you know sit there with for a second and it's also like one thing that I have noticed um, and a lot of people have noticed that (laughs) there was this thing that was like I go to therapy because the person I'm going to therapy about refuses to go to therapy themselves so it's like this like constant (laughs) circle right and it's just like like, and it's the people who need therapy therapy the most are the ones who genuinely fully like wholeheartedly refuse to even consider going to therapy themselves
0: and it's for everyone it's not yeah yeah
1: yeah and i just honestly like the whole even like the whole point of a therapist it's your brain like think about it this way like is like a messed up knotted really uh, tangled ball of yarn that's just like all over the place and it's just that's your brain right? right And what they do is they right. absorb the information and like your traumas and and what you talk to them about, and they're able to re um, rewire and, and or like kind of and thing. stretch, but also like they organize that ball, that big knotted, tangled ball of yarn into a nice, well, yes, spool, weld, sp- yeah, a spool, spool. Of, of yarn, you know, and 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 they're trained professionals to be able to a detach. They go through a lot themselves mm. just to be able to mentally, emotionally, physically have a conversation with a trauma patient. Right. And then turn it off.
0: Go back to their normal Go back to their
1: normal life. And that's then go something back in. unreal to me. You like know? when
0: you're there for your friends and you talk to them and it's just like you're struck with this guilt and compassion and empathy and you just like it's hard to go on without thinking about them. You know, it's, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. That,
1: yeah, exactly. And that's why like some people are, like there are those memes out there like, I don't need a therapist, I got my friends. I'm just like, No, like you don't realize that you're actually unloading your especially if it's something that really needs to be sought by a by a professional. Right. You are adding trauma to their own plate as well. And of, neither of you have the tools neither, to fix it. Exactly. Right. And so there is community to a certain extent, but it's also like if it's something that needs to be addressed and needs to be dealt with in a professional manner that it's something like you're not going to go going back to the chopped arm um scenario, analogy, yeah. you're not gonna analogy you're not gonna go to your friend and be like hey i cut off my arm can you help me no you're not you know so it's you're gonna go to a doctor and the doctor is going to help stitch it up and clean it up and everything and all that fun stuff right. um so it's the same thing um but it
0: feels like one of those things where it's just like very isolationist, very made out of like the community, almost like a cultural thing. I, I feel like when I look at religions, even they're not saying like, oh, yeah, you're just your your faith isn't strong enough. That's why you're having struggles. Honestly, I don't know where that stigma comes from.
2: The very odd thing about this is that it seems to be a modern day thing, because classically speaking, scholars and influential Muslim philosophers were very much aware of mental issues. And they not only acknowledged them, but they actually sought to treat the people who had the issues. So you had people like Muhammad ibn Zakariya al-Razi, right? He was what you would refer to as a polymath. So he was a physician, a philosopher, uh, and a scientist Mm. during the golden age of Islam. During that period where Muslims were just at the top of the game in terms of exploring and discovering, and they were influenced by verses in the Qur'an about seeking out knowledge and helping one another and bettering humanity through discovery of knowledge which benefits humanity rather than hinders. He was the chief physician of a hospital in Baghdad, Hmm. one of the earliest hospitals to be officially documented.
0: Right, and one of the cities with the largest libraries kind of historically at at that point. Baghdad, that was was going on,
2: so two of his works in particular, Al mansouri and Al Hawi, provided descriptions and treatments for mental health.
0: W- was it just like do do ten fatahs or like or like any man kind of based program or was it, like actually? No,
2: no, 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 no. They actually recognized. Well, he recognized the effect the body had on the mind and the mind had on the body. Mm-hmm. This is where Islam had its own twist on the matter. The ilm nafs or the science of the self mm-hmm. was a very broad term mm. and it encompassed the mind, the body, the soul, the intellect and the will. So you can see how diverse this study would have been. So when they looked into treatments for mental health issues, you can see how why the spectrum is, right? Right. Like all these things they would have looked into. Okay, you know what? How is this affecting the will or the intellect? Okay, what if we do this and that? Okay, that's going to do that to the soul, but what's the effect on the on the body? Okay, what if we do this and tweak that and do this? So very, and like, you can very holistic view kind of thing. Incredibly, incredibly holistic. We joke about it, but it's sadly the reality in a lot of the circles within our communities today where it's almost like you said, we saw it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle of, mm. do you do one, two and three? Okay. Then if you finish three, go back to one and keep doing that until you feel better. Yeah. Whereas the classical scholars, they were like, okay, you know what? One, two, and three didn't work. Maybe we need to look at four, five, and six. Okay, right. that didn't work. What if you try seven and two and three? Okay, let's let's try that.
0: There's like a whole whole science about it. It's not just kind of uh, um, rinse and repeat. We, ha- we know what we need to do, so let's just do it like that. And I, and honestly, that's actually something that appears in Western medicine too, right? Where you have specialists who, um, like say a cardiologist or something, they're going to be, for the most part, working on the health of your heart despite like any sort of other effects across your body so like my dad was having like a, a heart issue and so they gave him this like with the uh, blood pressure so they gave him this medicine but they didn't account for other parts like my dad's like ankle wasn't the strongest from like years of soccer and so his achilles broke because of the medication he had for the cardiology because it was oh like my God. yeah okay. so it's like super myopic where people are like oh, we're focusing on the specialty, we're going to fix this one thing, and not really taking a holistic view of like, okay, these are all the things that go into making a human body or go into kind of your mental state or go into that holistic part, I feel like, has been left behind as we've, as we've become more and more specialized. And I wonder if something like that is happening in our, in our religious communities, where they are, quote, unquote, religious communities. And so, they don't deal with any of this other stuff. It's like religion it will fix everything. But there's no silver bullet.
2: The most frustrating part of it all is people like Ibn Zakaria al-Razi. Uh, he was the chief physician at the Baghdad hospital, right? right? So he has the credentials to be talking about these things. Dang. Yet today, we have clerics and we have masjid imams telling you, uh, psych- giving you psychological advice. And it's with all due respect, everybody needs to stay in their lane. Right. Yeah.
0: I feel like the communities expect them to be able to answer these questions. Right. Like it, it's less it, it's part of it is they're giving the advice, but part of it is communities expect like, oh, if something's wrong, we can just go to the sheikh and the sheikh will fix it for us or the imam will, you know, tell us how to fix it, you know, and. The hammer that they have is is like a Quranic one, and that's, that's what they're going to use to solve all the problems.
2: It's really odd when you look at the prophetic tradition, because going back as far as 627, the Battle of the Ditch, the Muslims at the time, they actually set up a mobile hospital to help deal with the injured, and the Prophet was with them, so... None of the companions thought, oh, well, you know, let me go ask the prophet to pray for me. Right. Again, we will start off this whole discussion with the disclaimer of we all believe in the spiritual side of it and praying to God for Mm -hmm. mental well-being. What we're talking about really is the severe lack of any nuance in treatment. And so we're going to be belaboring that point, really.
0: It's mind, it's body, it's soul, it's intellect, it's will. You know, it's it's all of these things you're saying in, in the il in like the science of self. Like
2: Right, right. And even, even the prophet himself, peace be upon him, he said in that famous hadith of tie your camel and put your trust in God. When the Arab asked him, mm-hmm. you know, should I just be putting my trust in God and allowing, you know, just through my trust in God that my camel will be safe? He said, no, tie your camel and put your trust in God. When you are going through a mental issue, you put your trust in God by keeping that connection, that spiritual connection between you and God. But at the same time, seeking medical advice, seeking psychological advice, going to a therapist, and until our communities are more open to that, we are going to unfortunately see more and more people suffering from anxiety and depression in silence.
1: This cultural stigma of going to a therapist comes from the whole concept of you don't tell people our business mm. kind of thing as well so it's like my business is my business so even like down to like marital counseling or whatever like if you're having problems with your wife or your husband or whatever like sometimes seeking a third person a third party advice is good but it's also there's that hard rule of like don't talk to anybody about whatever happens behind closed door stays behind closed doors right. but there's so there's that part of it and it's also like but unless it's a professional. So it's a professional's job to, like, they're not, by law, they're not going to go walking around talking to people about your business, being like, oh, so-and-so did such-and-such thing, and -and such-and-such thing, and so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so's family is this messed up, and they're not, that's not what they're here for. So I feel like there is this, also the stigma in a sense of being able to trust another human being with your personal emotions your personal family like situations you're trying like and so you're just harboring it all and just absorbing it all just just not being able to deal with it or to filter through it or to process it because there's just this this constant pressure of you cannot reveal the family secrets to anybody which by the way everybody has family secrets um nobody's special So I feel like we also need to kind of simmer down on that part with the whole judge. And that falls in with the whole judgey, judgey thing. Everybody's judging. While we're at it. While we're at it, like, stop judging other people. And I
0: think because we don't tell nobody nothing, they just got to gossip about it. It just makes
1: me so mad because it's just like everybody has issues. Every family, no family on the face of the earth is perfect there's something in there and and so just like if we can just be like a nice happy-go-lucky world where we stop judging each other and just stop judging people based off of their families and stop judging people's families and stop you know doing no, all think of that's... that i just feel like it would be a really good really really nice beautiful place to live in um but no but that's where it, that's ultimately that's that's where part of it comes from is that whole social part of it an interesting uh, stranger with uh, your uh, information but i think
0: it's really strange how that manifests for us culturally like mm-hmm. so in japan and like in japanese they have this concept called kaizen which is the force or feeling to continually try and improve and to continually seek and move towards excellence right Mm. in islam and in, in arab communities we have ihsan right like like ah, ahsan to ihsan is like to to seek that excellence and to seek that excellence not only for like for god but for yourself right and the way mm-hmm. that those mm-hmm. things kind of manifest is very different whereas in the arab communities you have we're a perfect family no one can know It's just like and everything's fine and, <laughs> and,
1: and, it's <laughs> like, the like the analogy like <laughs> like, like it's like the same thing as, as when you have guests coming over and you're cleaning everything and it looks spotless as if nobody lives nobody here. Nobody lives here. And when says
2: everything, she means everything.
0: Everything. Right? Like even you, you're, 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 you're vacuumed and, yeah, and mopped. Right?
1: But, but then you have like the put everything in this room rooms, right? And that's everyone's, like, their baggage or their, 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 you know. So, in it looks like they live in a, like, nobody lives here situation. But there's a room or there's a closet. There's some small little corner in the house. Stuffed. That is just, everything's in it.
2: Everybody's got skeletons in their closet. That's what I'm saying.
1: And so, it's, like, the same concept. It's, like, yeah, everybody's family and everybody... Everybody has there's issues. There's the there's
0: the focus on like uh, I'm not allowed to have issues. Yeah. And so that's that that's part of it. Yeah. Versus like I have issues and I need to constantly improve or, or work on those issues. So like I think culturally you have you know, like I was saying but stereotypically Japan is known for its hard work and its and its constant striving towards yeah. excellence and that kind of has its own issues. And maybe there is a little bit of that like hiding the truth as well. But it's interesting to see that that concept exists kind of in these in these different communities but manifests wildly differently just because like the way that um, we see we need to to deal with it.
1: there's also this concept that if you seek help, that means a something's wrong with you mm. so there's that stigma of if you need mental health guidance that means, you're crazy like right. that's just this constant and this isn't even just in the arab world this is like worldwide yeah that mean that immediately means you're crazy you're off the rocker put them in a straitjacket like that's immediately where people's minds go so i i know people who have been through hell and back and have like suffered a lot and have been through like really weird bad horrible situations and still refuse to get help nobody's saying that because you went through all of that that means you're crazy or because you have anxieties or 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 like the way you're dealing with things just means that you're crazy it doesn't mean that you're crazy it means something just like you just it's a it's a natural normal thing like
0: like your body needs to be fed needs to be exercised and it needs to be stretched ultimately right your brain is learning all the time yeah your brain is um is you know uh, being fed knowledge it's being it's exercised through intellect but there's no like stretching mechanism like yeah. and this is kind of your ability to unwind and like get rid of those knots um it's not yeah. you're crazy it's just a natural part of you know caring yeah. for the machine
1: like even myself like I've had moments where I just felt like does this am i crazy does this mean i'm crazy does this mean that i need to be on medication does this mean like all of these just stigmas that we have that have been projected and put and just jammed into our minds like have an extreme negative effect into allowing people to get help when they need to get help
2: And perhaps the most disheartening fact regarding this part in particular is not only do a lot of these clerics have this sort of mentality of simplifying everything, but also the wider community. So the people you would normally go to would, a lot of them, I'm not going to say all of them, mm. but a lot of them would instantaneously judge you. Mm. And like you said, we saw they would say, oh, or is he possessed? Yeah. And for some reason that seems to be the go-to response yeah. if anybody's going through mental health issues it's oh he's uh, he's possessed by uh, a demon and this demon is making him or her act in certain ways right. and i have friends who swear blind that they have seen people do bizarre things because they were possessed and they were levitating and all this kind of stuff i'm like bro come on seriously and this is a person of high intellect and yet for some reason culturally they still carry this baggage of anything related to mental health issue is a demonic possession
0: Mm -hmm. right and there's nothing in like any culture religion anything in our in our like history that says that people are made perfect, and that the only thing going wrong with them is jinn. Is you jinn, know, yeah. <laughs> like it's
1: like either you're you're a full functioning perfect human or you're majnun. Right, and it's and, that
0: doesn't make majnun is like like really crazy, you're like possessed. It's crazy, right? but it comes from jinn. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that way, if you're well,
2: this is the thing because yeah. it's like, what are you basing your uh, thoughts on? Then it's not Islam because there isn't a single verse in the Quran, and there's no authenticated prophetic tradition which states that you can even be possessed or any of this is true or that you shouldn't be looking into mental health and treating it so what are you basing it on it's it's clearly all just purely cultural and that's the problem because culture has become religion and religion Mm. has become culture right and that toxic and fatal switching is why we are where we are today
0: well, there's two things that came to mind, right? The first thing is the the concept of lunacy, right? Like when someone's a lunatic, right? It comes from uh, lunacy, which is uh, luna, moon, right? When they, they would also call these kind of people moonsick, where they would go wild during the full moon or something. And so they have this this term for people they go th- that are crazy, and they're relating it to the moon somehow. And so, uh, for me, I, that, that majnun, that crazy, and it has the word jinn in it, and it's related to being, you know, possessed, possessed, possessed or crazy, so someone who's crazy is, is related to that. I think kind of to be a little bit contrarian for this like all this science stuff (laughs) i think that there there is always more than meets the eye right and there's always an opportunity for something that we don't understand right we found that in physics with the quantum realm uh we found that with this whole lunacy thing you know maybe there's nothing no science or no uh research that's behind it but like the, the rationale that came out of it was, oh, the full moon is out and the moon affects the waves and the waves are pulled by the moon. And so the water in your body is being pulled by the full moon. And that's what's causing you to be crazy, right? There is kind of that semi-magic, that semi-unexplored element that people hold on to because it is a little bit more fantastic. It is a little bit more, um, it's easier to say, oh, this is out of the ordinary, there's nothing like wrong it's something else there's some outside influence, some uncontrollable uh, paranormal occurrence that is that's causing this to happen I, I, you see that with parents who see their kids making like bad decisions or see their kids like you know acting a certain way it's like oh it's their friends that are you know influencing them or you know they've they're possessed or they're you know, influenced or it's the phone or it's the drugs or it's whatever you know all these things that that you want to blame rather than than trying to address the the core issue
2: but because of that what could have been treated turns into a lifelong struggle for the individual because for 10 20 30 years that poor individual has been denied any sort of treatment or acknowledgement of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And they're just told, well, yeah, well, you're possessed. You just kind of have to help deal with that. Or we can take you to the masjid and the imam will recite some verses. And you'll be fine. And if you're not, then this demon sure is strong. (laughs) You know, (laughs) rather than, well, that didn't work. Exactly. Or that didn't work. Maybe we're not doing the right thing. Maybe we need to be dealing... With this in a different manner
0: i think the point that i'm trying to make that's like contrarian is that you don't want determinism on either side right you don't want a res- a religious recipe that will solve all your problems and fix everything nor do you want kind of a scientific um solution that's going to you know resolve all your problems i think that Therapy is great. I think that medications are going to be are great uh, to help you manage like neuroblockers and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's um, I think having one way to solve an issue is ultimately going to fail. I don't want to discredit the effectiveness of kind of like spiritual spiritual remedies or like uh, non uh, traditional remedies because I, I think the mixing of them is is more of the solution than having a single answer that will solve any issue.
1: Last year, 2020, was one of those years, it was kind of like a roller coaster of mental health for me in a sense, um, dealing with PTSD. Honestly, one of the things that I is, is a has been a coping mechanism for me for years. Um, is I would revert to humor, and uh, sometimes it's light humor, sometimes it's really dark humor, but it's humor nevertheless. Right before this year, I think honestly, I was a funnier human being.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: no, I just um, I I there are a lot of obviously there are a lot of um contributions as to to it all but one of the things that i did notice is that alhamdulillah like i don't have anything to complain about and usually when i complain about something i don't like complaining about something so i just do it in a very funny fashion like oh no i have a dead squirrel stuck in my 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 like the wall of my closet (laughs) somebody kill me now you know like things like that like i just it's a real thing somebody actually messaged me the other day Mm -hmm. And they're like, I remember your story about the the the, the, squirrel. Um, the squirrel. Like, it's just out, like, you know. it was like, I was, you know, I was like, oh, and I was like, wow, I'm remembered by the dead squirrel in my closet. Great. Right. <laughs> amazing. Great. You know, because it was I just remember that year. It was one thing after the other, one thing after the other. It's uh, Not just that year for a good chunk of time. Mm. One thing after the other. And the only way I could deal with it without absolutely losing my mind was to their moments were really low where I just like, yeah, um full on depressive episodes, um, but and and crying in and just a hot mess, right? But then there are a lot of moments where I just kind of like keep on keep it keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Kind of like survival mode. Survi- I've been I've been in survival mode for God knows how long. With that, it just the only way that I was able to still be a pleasant person while in survival mode was just dealing with my traumas and my emotions with humor, right? And then this year, I just, I had like a really rough time dealing with my PTSD. And it was also because it was like the, for the first time in a long time, I had these, just like a, a safe space for it to just kind of like come up in a sense where I'm not constantly like I'm not working seven days a week I'm not having to just band-aid my pain all the time and so it just kind of like resurfaced last May when we went through an entire month of fireworks mm-hmm and mm. fireworks is a huge huge PTSD trigger for me so imagine every night just i'm like i'm dead afraid of of, of the sun to go down because once the sun goes down the fireworks start and it's just like a constant every night without fail for a little over a month
0: and all throughout that month, it's just protests and, and just, people dying and it just, all this. Like... It
1: just was like a very high, high, high emotion and high like and then also to top it off, just very glued to my phone and very it just was not a good time for me emotionally. And so going through that after the fireworks kind of passed by, I was still tense because um, with PTSD, with your traumas. Your body absorbs it, takes the shock for you, and it holds it. And unless you you address it and you come to terms with it, your body will hold on to it, and you will have just like like tent like it's physical like physical physical tensions in your body that you don't you there is no explanation for it.
0: You're just bracing yourself for something you're not sure is coming. And
1: Yeah. And so it's it's whenever you're triggered, you're re-experiencing it, reliving it with sounds, sights, smells. All of these things are triggers. You just find yourself disassociated all the time. So time will pass you and you don't even realize time has passed you. So I just kind of like spent a good part of the year in this um, almost like a drowning feeling. There's highs, there's lows, but there was when the lows were low, they were really low. Working through my traumas and kind of like developing an understanding, because I think it's the first time I actually sat down and was like, "All right, let's knock this out." And having the ability to sit down and knock it out yeah. versus like in the past, I would have just like monthly therapy session and that was it. Not that it doesn't help but it was just I had so much going on that I couldn't let it help me mm. if that makes sense so I was able to address it well, what does that to, mean sorry in a sense of where the work that you do towards like improving I'm constantly on the go so I'm not able to fully sit down and reflect without external influences to be able like there is like there was like a lot where I just Okay, I I went, I sat down through therapy, and I did it, and, but, like, but my intention wasn't fully there, nor was I put in a situation where it was, like, because before, whenever I had, um, firework triggers, it would last, like, what, like, a week or so of, because it would be, like, one day of fireworks, Mm. and then, or one incident of fireworks, and then it would trickle, so the recovering, it was a lot, a shorter span versus this was like an entire month of torment. Um so it so that happened um after I've started to feel improvement with myself and you know I was just like yeah okay like this is how it feels like to like not have full time anxiety. Like whoa, whoa you know? Um I, I did I did a like the 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 therapy session that I went through was like the net um, the narrative exposure therapy and where it's you literally sit down and you just get exposed to the actual traumatic incidents bam 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 so i went through that that was great very fun ride there you go look at that i just I was like oh it was fun it was horrible um not in a in a way of like don't do it it's a, it was just you relive all of your all of your nightmares you relive them going through that after I came out of it, recovery and all of that fun stuff, and it just like being able to cope, doesn't fix you, but it helps you understand where your anxieties come from. So I'm able to, okay, I'm feeling anxiety right now. I can kind of pinpoint what is causing me anxiety because the human being was born with anxiety. You come out of the womb screaming, crying, that's anxiety anxiety is a normal thing but it's being able and the levels of anxiety and how much external pressure has causing these anxieties and anxiety disorders that's where it kind of gets complex you will never never have anxiety if that makes sense i'm not a professional but professional told me that um and so yeah so i just found myself i was like wow i have nothing to complain about i'm pretty good right now like how do you how do you channel positivity? how how funny? How do you be funny for the sake of being funny? <laughs> I genuinely relied on humor to cope with any negativity that I had. So now that I'm able to cope health in a healthy way, not saying that that's not healthy, but it's still like putting a band aid on it, right? Where while I'm in the process of coping in a healthy way.
0: You found that your humor is kind of dependent on your trauma versus...
1: yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, and I was just like, I'm in my not funny person anymore. And I was like, honey, you're still funny, it's fine. (laughs) You know, I was, because I was, I was, I was looking at videos on, like, in the archives of my stories, and I just was like, Wow.
0: She would she would like come up to me and show me the video. She's like, "Look, I used to be so funny." I was yeah. like, "You're still funny." It's just like, but I have <laughs> <laughs> nothing I just, to talk about. And I was like, I "There's you could talk about plants. That's funny."
1: There, like so, there's that, and there was also like I found like a difference in the style of work that I would do as well. I just my um, I, I don't I don't channel the grief anymore. And then my my therapist was like, um, "Why why do you feel like you have to channel your traumas like?" Why, why does it have to be a channel mm. so now i'm kind of like in this process of arting to art and maybe like expressing more happiness or i don't know It just um
0: expressing yourself rather than just a grief
1: expressing myself but also but that's part of myself yeah right? i mean
0: that's what i'm saying rather than that that part then or realizing that it's not all of you now
1: yeah, it's not the thing that consumes the most of me.
2: With all of that said, was it really helpful for someone to kind of sit you down and help you acknowledge the issue that you had?
1: Um, yeah, actually, absolutely. It was acknowledgement and confirmation uh, as well, I guess. I remember there was there was this one time I like was asked this is like years ago. I was asked in like what are those um when you go to the doctor's office, mm. right? And it's like, um, do you have depression? Blah blah blah. And I was sitting there, like, I immediately in denial, no, I do not have a depression. How dare you ask me if I have depression, right? And only
0: only majnun have only you know,
1: depressed if... people have depression. I right. am not depressed, right? And not realizing that my body was harboring all of this. So, with that, like, it's just not even acknowledging that I have that there's like it's not there's something wrong with you, but that there's something that needs to be acknowledged, right? I knew that fireworks bothered me but I never went face-to-face with it and so I just kind of like hermit shelled um, hermit away into my shell whenever like 4th of July or New Year's came um, and just instinctively put headphones on went to sleep early didn't want to have to deal with the fireworks right and then this one time I was like okay well maybe just maybe if I look them in the eyes and I know that it's just fireworks then it won't bother me as much that was probably the worst thing i you could ever do i just i I exposed i exposed myself to thinking that's exposure therapy no 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 it's not and um so my friend was with me and she was um i think at that time she was studying um mental health Mm. and um she was like yo uh So, uh, you had a PTSD breakdown. I'm no professional, but yet, but, uh, what I saw seems to be PTSD. So may I recommend you go see a therapist? And I was like, you know what? That was the first time i acknowledged it because I had a full blown episode where I thought I had a grasp on it and I was like, okay, it's fine. You're fine. I was talking myself through and the fireworks are happening, but I could feel the fireworks in my chest, and I just, I lost it. And when I say I lost it, I mean like the tears started flooding, and the feeling that it felt was every good memory, every bad memory, every good bad experience I had in Libya, just imagine that in water form, and I'm sitting in a small little glass box where you can see the world around you, and the world can see you, but they're not there in there with you, And it's just a flood of emotions like put the entire ocean into that box drowning with emotions and basically what my my body did with my traumatic experience was it intertwined my good experiences and my traumatic experiences together especially like when it came for example when it came to like Libya right so any positive memory pains me physically pains me the same exact way a traumatic memory pains me and so imagine holding that in you for years and disassociating all the time because you want to feel neither because you know if you feel this you'll feel this and if you feel this you'll feel this so you just try to just numb it which is your your brain trying to protect you so it tries to archive memories and there are experiences you don't even remember but your body sure as hell does
0: right and those are like the tools that your body has to Mm -hmm. deal with that stuff yeah i think something else that you got from kind of working through all this is not only the knowledge but the you're equipped with better tools right so like i got little a little briefing and so i'm not supposed to you know act as therapist but i'll jump in and say like hey we saw like Remember, like you have this tool or whatever to deal with, like whatever yeah. you're thinking about, and sh- like that will come and that will be something that now you can use and mm-hmm. that you're like trained to use and that you're able to use to kind of deal and cope with whatever um, you're experiencing, along with, you know, any of the, the calm that you get from mm-hmm. religion uh, practice uh-huh. like
1: that. Going back to May's question of acknowledgement, it was that recognition that, okay, there's something that needs to be addressed and there's something that needs to be worked through. And then I remember my first, when I went to the therapist for the first time, and I like, I just, it was really great because they put you in a really good and safe environment for you to be able to safely talk about your issues, right? And by the end of it, like of me like explaining what happened and explaining how I feel and all that fun stuff, I remember um, he was like, "So, uh, what do you think you have? Just uh, take a wild guess. Like, what do you what do you think you have? Did you look it up online to see what you might have? Because I feel like you already know what you have." And I was like. PTSD? He's like yeah I didn't even have to tell it to you. You already knew what you were going through and then we would work things out and, and like the whole like all the homework and reading and one thing is once you acknowledge what you're experiencing it's very important for you to learn about what you're experiencing so that whole knowledge thing comes into place and and it just um, and then understanding how to cope with it and a big part of it is, is having a safe space to be able to work through it Hey guys, guess what time it is? I don't
0: know, we saw I, I think we've been on it for a couple of hours, so. It's question oh God. time!
1: Oh no, no. Question
0: time! Is this, is this our brand?
2: <laughs> is this a thing we're doing now? Question <laughs> time! <laughs> is this who we are? Is this, <laughs> a- is this who question we've become?
0: Time. <laughs> <laughs> this she <is> won't not, <laughs> stop! This is not listener approved. <laughs> question time!
2: All right, what's the questions? What, do
0: we what
1: got? are the questions? I'm, keep-
2: keep- I'm keeping all four the good in good there, shit. by the way. I'm <laughs> oh, totally fine with it. No shame all, right, all, right, all right, all right, all right. What do, what
0: do we got, Muhammad? Okay,
2: so we have, do you think it would cut down on social expectations if Arabs were more understanding of mental health?
1: 100%. Mm. 100%. To a certain extent. But
0: why 100 percent? Just, just like that. 100 percent to a certain extent. Yeah. 60 <laughs> percent of the time, it works every time.
1: Um, no, no, no. no. I think, no, 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 I do think that it would have an impact, um, to the social norms, because then it people would judge each other less, and I feel like our society has a very um, bad tendency of judging people before understanding what was happening, and sometimes when they understood what happened, they still judge. Yeah, so it's, like, depending on the circumstance, but I think genuinely, like, so-and-so didn't answer my text message. How dare she? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. She was overstimulated. She turned her phone off. Sorry, not sorry. In, um, in social environments people would be more forgiving if they understood well yeah Um, i I feel
0: like social norms are kind of like built off of you know normalcy right which is the least conflicted way and if you have to like take issues seriously then you're you're gonna reach conflict more often well
1: yeah but there's also like even down to some days your energy level is you've reached maximum capacity Of socializing in our society, the Libyan for example, Libyan cultural society. Sure, sure. Right. If I feel like if people took mental health a little bit like or understood it more, um, they would understand that random pop-up visits to your place unannounced, unwelcomed, uninvited. Just show up at someone's, like, house and expect them to put on a full-blown show for you.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the issue.
1: That is a huge, like... But I, I,
0: I love, I like when people can pop up randomly and do that stuff, but when it has to be a full-on show and everything... There's that part. Th- but there, there's also, like, a certain kind of, like, like closeness you hey, have to have for that a, to happen. A, B,
1: but there's also, even if you're on your way to show up at somebody's house... Aww. Courtesy freaking call. And if that person remotely sounds like they are not about to have somebody like over, do not force that on them. So there are like there are a lot of these kind of social norms where you are expected. Always have sweets in the pantry. Always have um like tea. Like make sure that you're always able to fully like you know, there's that hospitality aspect of it. Feed the 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 village, village. but also like if you are emotionally, mentally, physically, like, tapped out, but I, okay. you should not be expected. So I feel like
0: there's, there's like, a balance. To do that. Right? Like, so, like, the specific there's case that came to mind from what you said was just, like, you know when, like, someone's sick or hospitalized or, like, uh, or, or someone in the family dies or something, culturally, everyone shows up and That's like different- and 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 pesters you and bothers you and you're emotionally wrecked yeah. like you're you're physically tapped out you're very exhausted like you don't want to deal with like all the texts for status updates or right. all the random vi- like mm-hmm. i remember when like my sister was having her baby like we set up like a pop-up welcoming room in the waiting room so we had like the family there so when random visitors would come to come like like, mm-hmm. see her, mm-hmm. they, we, we would intercept them, take them to the waiting room, and kind of hang out there and, you know, entertain them just to give, like, my sister a break because she's birthing, you know, and she doesn't want people in there <laughs> yeah. all the time. So, and, and, but, yeah. like, so in that sense, it's just, like, ah, it's so beautiful that you have a community around you that comes in and checks on you and does does that, all that, all that sort of stuff. But I don't know if that's, like, the social norm that we're we're fighting against as much as we're talking like we're fighting against like the social norm of like of judgment or like the social it's norm judgment. of like gossiping it's, or the social norm like, norm like
1: like there's high high judgment or if you for instance if you say oh no today's not a good day for you to come over why what's wrong what do you like they immediately start going to conclusions or um they they do this whole um
0: Well, what happens in that case if you just say, I'm just really, I'm like exhausted.
1: Or or let me, yeah. Why? What did you do that was uh, really exhausting?
0: Like you have to prove yourself?
1: You have to prove yourself. Why can't you just be like, okay, they're not open to having someone over today. Or, um. so there's that concept. But there's also like, you have to be mentally, emotionally available for them to come over Mm. randomly. So you have to be fully, you switch on happy-go-lucky kind of person and then you you do the whole the whole layout of the land and they're still over it's like 12 a.m and they're still over at your place and it just like that expectation of you constantly having to be able to do that is something that i just found that was it was so exhausting um it was so exhausting for me when i was in India to the point where i just like i was just never home Mm. i just was never home because nobody respected that um, and if you don't put out the, the, the expectations as they want, you were rude. You were not up to par.
2: Thank you so much for listening in. If you've been affected by anything discussed in today's episode, please do not hesitate to reach out for help. We've included some resources in today's show notes. The issues and topics discussed in every episode of this podcast uh, for the community so please do keep sending in your topic suggestions as well as your questions we'll post our topics on our twitter and instagram both third culture block with a three this is mohammed ismail
0: ahmed mustafa
1: and we saw Jibreel.